good to see every one of you tonight. So, visitor, it's good to see you here tonight. And um, Catalino, it's good to see you. My Nigerian friend. <laughs> They're asking about you guys. They said, greet them for us. I said, yeah, I'll greet them. They might come back. <laughs> Amen. We're going. But right now is the message. <laughs> the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. Open my heart. I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. I got distracted there. <laughs> This happened. Amy, why did you leave? Uh, I am free here for me. I can sing. I make joyful noise. <laughs> Amen. Changing your world. Changing your world. I believe that God has given us powerful tools with which we can change our circumstances, change our situation, change our world, and change everything around us. You know, like I said initially, the people of the world, they are so curious. They want to know the future. What's going to happen to me tomorrow? Uh, they run to palm readers and all kinds of places, psychics, just to let them know what the future holds. Well, I don't need to do that. The Bible tells us what the future holds for me and what's going to happen to me tomorrow. The Bible says, pray this way. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So God wants you to have paradise here on earth. Heaven here on earth. That's my future. I don't have to think about what's going to be like. I stay with what God says and his will when it's done, I'm doing good. Every need is met and nothing is broken, nothing is missing because God is. So we need to understand that there is power. Two things that God wants us to realize and recognize. Your power, your prayer can change everything. People say prayer has power. It's the God that's behind the answer to our prayers. He can change anything and everything. And I was saying to somebody yesterday... What a person has been struggling to do for 50 years, God can do it for you in one day, overnight. So don't ever get discouraged. Don't ever give up. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. You know, we Pentecostals, we like to stay with the faith part of it. The faith, if I can have faith, faith, faith. But Faith only gives substance to hope. If you lose hope, your faith is useless. There is nothing for faith to give substance to. And so what Satan wants to do is to use circumstances to make us give up hope. And so you hear people say, keep hope alive. Well, hope is very important. Don't let go of it. It's never too late with God. And I guess I'm going back to this on Sunday. But you see, God in his ways, he'll make the end better than the beginning. He did that with Job. Just because you are going through a difficult time, doesn't mean God is not aware of what's going on. You stay with his will. The end will be better, much better than the beginning. Job worked for several years, but God gave him more In a few years later, everything. So it's never too late with God. Never too late. Don't ever give up hope. Stay with God. All you need to know, remind yourself. Speak to yourself. Just like David said, bless the Lord, O my soul. He was speaking to himself. You speak to yourself. Remind yourself, there is a God. God is. And if I'm in his good books, I'm okay. No matter what's happening to me now, 
through prayer and through the word, I can change my future. And that's what God wants us to know. And Paul prayed for us concerning this so we know the power that's behind us as believers, children of the living God. It's an amazing thing what God tells us. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked wishes, I'll hear from heaven and then I'll heal the land. Now that's taking on a different meaning for me these days. I give you a little bit of an opening here. God always will prepare, prepare the land first before he brings in the people. That's the way he does things. That's what I found out. It says the Lord is ministering to me. He does that. He prepares first before he brings you to your promised land. He does that. He, he actually uh, planted the Garden of Eden first. Right? Before he brought Adam into the garden. He, was, he had already finished the work. So God says, I'll heal the land. And then he'll bring the people to the land. That is already healed. And we can see that in Ezekiel 36. We'll come into that on Sunday. So you guys be back on Sunday, okay? <laughs> but there's so much power that we have as believers. I think we are not fully aware of what God has given to us. And that's why we study the word of God. So that God can open our eyes. That's what Paul was praying. That God will give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened. That we may know first the hope of our calling. We are all called by God. If you are a Christian, God called you. And there are things in the kingdom of God that no one else can do but you. You may want to do something else. But seek God to find out exactly why he called you. That was a baffling thing for me. I needed to know, God, why did you create me? What, what, what is my assignment? Everyone else will have an assignment for me. My father, my mother, everybody wants. They have my assignment. But no, that's not what is important. I want to know why God created me. What is my assignment? Why am I called? Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. And I appointed you for you to go and bear fruit. I want to know how to bear that fruit because I have been appointed. And when God appoints you, he equips you. When God appointed Moses, he equipped Moses to go and do, even though Moses felt he didn't have what it took to do the work, God said, have I not? Called you, said the same thing to Joshua. Have I not commanded you? In other words, I have told you, you will do it. The resources of heaven are behind you. Just go. God will do it for you. So we have been called. But we need that spirit of wisdom and revelation so that God will open our eyes to know the hope of our calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance, in us as the saints. So the word number one, that's the need for revelation to know why God called us. The second thing is for us to know that we have been called. Called to what? What are we called to? I believe the primary thing is the ministry of intercession. To pray. Jesus spent a lot of time praying. We've talked about this. I'm kind of going back just to come to where I want to go tonight. But Jesus, Son of God, all night he was praying just to pick 12 people. You wonder why. Didn't he know who God had appointed? I don't know. But he prayed. And even now, the Bible says he's at the Father's right hand making intercession for us. Jesus is seated, but his ministry is not over. He is still praying, making intercession for us. If Jesus, after he's finished his work here, he's seated at the Father's right hand, and he's still interceding, 
that faith, intercession is very primary to our faith. It's a calling. We've got to pray. Because nothing will change until we pray. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If the kid is doing well, somebody is praying. If the kid is calling on God, somebody is praying. If the kid is protected, somebody is praying. And that grandma or somebody had prayed. It just doesn't happen. When God says, pray this way, Jesus said, pray this way, thy will be done on earth as it, in, as it is in heaven, that means even though God wants to do it, that's the will of heaven, until a human being here is praying, it's never done. It's never done. And that's what Daniel did. Daniel found the will of God. He found the will of God in Jeremiah. He found it. Jeremiah 9 verse 2. He says, I understood by the books. So from the books he knew the will of God. But then he said, well, thank you Lord, I found it. Now God, you didn't know. He says, so I set my face to seek God. Because until you pray, even though it's the will of God, it's never done. You have to say it from your mouth. Bless my son. Bless my daughter. Provide for them. Do this for me. God said, when you pray, not if you pray, because you have been called to pray. It's the ministry of intercession. So we need to understand that. That's what he's called us to do. But the Bible says that there is the riches in God because you are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints. So you, Catalino, you are God's inheritance. <laughs> and nobody steals his inheritance. <laughs> Amen? And nobody messes with his inheritance. You know, I saw you, you can read in John, Jesus was saying, those that the Father has given to me, no one can pluck them out of my hand. You said that? He was saying that nobody's going to take them from me. He says, because my father who gave them to me, he's greater than all. So when you come to God, Christ, he picked you. That's because the father said, that's your property. That's yours. And no one's going to take you from him. He's going to fight for his inheritance. There is a glory to your life as God's inheritance. And God's going to provide, uh, protect that inheritance. See, you as a saint... You represent him. You are his ambassador on the earth. And on Sunday I started saying, when something is happening to you that God doesn't like, even though you may have caused it, that hurts him. He's going to fight for it. To make that thing good, the way he wants it. So you are his inheritance. And God loves you. And he wants you to represent him well. He knows you are here on the earth. And he knows we are going to go through difficult times. Those difficult times will come your way. But that's to prepare you for what he is preparing for you. Just like he did with Joseph. The dream wasn't for Joseph. I believe Joseph thought, hey, I'm going to be a big shot. Hey, but it wasn't for Joseph. It was for the people of God. The dream was bigger than Joseph himself. So what God has for you as a saint, he's bigger than you as a person. You have to see the big picture. And then line up so that God can walk through you. Even after you're gone, to be with him, God can still be using what you what he did through you here. So don't think about just me. God, this is God we're talking about. He's bigger than all. So please understand, he's called you to represent him. We are his ambassadors. That's what the scripture tells us. Second Corinthians chapter 5. He says we are his, in, uh, his, uh, his ambassadors. So we represent heaven on the earth. We're not from this place. We came from above. We are born from above. That's the word born again means born from above. We are new creatures. If any man is in Christ, 
He is a new creation. Don't define it. God says a new creation. Old is past. All things have become new. That's what the scripture says. So we represent him. So that's what the Bible tells us. That we represent our Lord. So Luke 21 tells us, you can read this. Watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy. Again, the word pray. How often? Always. So that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass on the earth. But then it says, and to stand before the Son of Man. Notice, not the Son of God, Son of Man, to stand before Jesus. Son of Man. That's Jesus as a man. So we're not talking about heaven now. We're talking about here, representing Him, standing in authority regardless of what's coming against you. Now, I've shared this here before. You remember the woman that was in a store and this guy came in with a, a gun and was saying, lady, give me, give me anything. And she reached out and pointed a finger in her face on video and said, in the name of Jesus, get out of my store. The guy said, this is serious business. Lady, give me that, get me that money. And she walked close to him with the gun right in her face and said, get out of my store. And he took off. You can watch it. It's on the internet. He took off. Real story. And it happened two times. Two different situations. Thank God for these ladies. They were not afraid. That's the power to stand in the presence of difficulties. Even in the face of death, you're not afraid. There's human beings here on earth. So Jesus has given us that authority as saints. He says this in uh, John chapter 14, verse 12 through 14. Most assuredly, in other words, I'm not going to lie to you. This is the truth. This is so true. This is the word that created the universe. Jesus said, I'm going to tell you this. He who believes in me. How many are believers today? He who believes in me. The works that I do, he will do also. So what is he talking about? Works. The same miracles. This scripture used to bother me. I mean, it really troubled me. I says, I haven't seen any works, and I, I, I'm, a, I'm surrounded with people that's doing <laughs> basically nothing. They bothered me for a long time. I wanted to see the same works that Jesus did. Please, God, let me be in a place where somebody who is blind all of a sudden now can see or deaf. I wanted to see that. Because if this is true, then why are we not doing it? How many believers do we have? Can I say that again? Yes, you can, according to Jesus, you can do the works he did. You want to analyze that and find out, that's nice, Jesus. But I don't know if I can do that. But he said we can, and he cannot lie. Because we represent him. We are his saints set apart by God himself, for himself. You have the mark of heaven upon your life. You're different from the rest of the world. You're set apart for God himself. It doesn't matter how the world sees you, it's how heavens, the heavens sees you. That's what is important. He says, the work that I do, you do also, and greater works than this, you will do because I go to my Father. Greater works, believers all over the world. Not just Jesus in Capernaum today and in Jerusalem tomorrow, but we got Jesus everywhere. You, me, everywhere. And so when you put the works together, that's a lot of great work. You know, I used to wonder, can anybody do something much Bigger than raising Lazarus from the dead. If you've watched the video from uh, Reinhard Bunke, that man had been embalmed. They embalmed him after he died. And God still brought him back to life. While the chemicals were oozing out of his. But this, this current life, we just, in my lifetime I had to see this. We were in Onisha. I wonder why we forgot to look for the fellow. He was there in that same city. Did you know that, Catalina? Yeah. 
So Jesus tells, tells us you can, we can do this. But notice what he says. After telling us you can do these works, he goes in verse 13 and says, And whatever you ask in my name, whatever you ask in my name, whatever you ask in my name, whatever means whatever, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. Whatever you ask in his name, he said he will do it. And we wonder, will he really do it? That's unbelief. That's unbelief. I like it. It struck me this way. Whatever I ask in his name, he's going to do it. He can't lie. He meant what he said. He didn't define it. He just said, whatever you ask in my name. And James tells us, we don't have because we don't ask. You know why we don't ask? Because we can't really believe this stuff. And when we ask, we immediately forget. We're not even looking for the answer. We just hope and throw a lot of stuff up there. Hopefully some will fall down. <laughs> and make us happy a little bit. But that's not the way it is. Whatever you ask in my name goes back to prayer. He says, that will I do. Why? That the Father may be glorified in the Son. It's not about you. It's about the Son. Yeah, it's your need. But when the Father gives it to you, the Son is glorified. Makes it easy. God, Jesus said, I honor my Father and you dishonor me. He, he accepted worship. And he says, Father, right here, John chapter 17, he said, glorify me with the glory I had with you before the foundation of the world. He made it clear. He wanted to be glorified here. And he's telling us, your need met glorifies the Son. Meeting your need glorifies the Father. So, whatever you ask, that's the Whatever you ask, he'll do it. Let me put it this way. When you ask something that is not God's will, most likely you don't even have faith for that. <laughs> you won't have faith for it. Because deep inside you, you know this is silly asking. This is not right. But if it's according to God's will... You may start not trusting very much, but stay with it. And God will come through. I think we analyze too much, so God's not able to use us very much because we are analyzing and wondering how God's going to do it. And many times we listen to everyone that is around us and they say things that discourage us and, and then we move into the realm of discouragement. We're very concerned about what people think and how people feel about it. I'm talking about you and myself. So the major fight is just forget everybody. It's a struggle and stay focused in the word and the word alone. Because God would do that for us. John 16 verse 24, Jesus made it clear. He says, until now, you have asked nothing in my name. You have, so what is he saying? I want you to ask. Is that difficult? You're not asking anything in my name. You're talking about your problem, but you're not asking for solution in his name. Whatever you ask in my name, whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give it to you. And Jesus told us, not because of me, because the Father loves you himself. And he'll do that for you. What is he saying? He take care of your difficult situation. That's what he's saying. Jesus said, don't, don't worry about it. Cast your cares. Because he cares for you. So you can change what the enemy is planning for you, for your future. By asking the Father to change. That's what this is all about. Change your, changing your future by prayer. And by the word of God. Understanding through books. 
that this is what God wills for you, that he wills paradise for you on earth. And God can do that. You can build that into your life. Fourth thing he says, there is a power that is at work in you right now. And that same power, not less, not more, is the same power that's keeping Jesus alive since the time he died and rose from the dead. Jesus will never die again. That same power that took Jesus and raised him from the dead is at work in you right now. So there is resurrection power that's at work inside of you. According to the power, according, that's what Paul tell, tells us, according to the power that he wrought, the power that he wrought when he raised Jesus from the dead and set him at his own right hand above all principalities and power. He says that power is at work in you and myself right now as you sit there. The same power that was available to Christ when Jesus was raised from the dead is right inside of you, according to Ephesians chapter 1. That means there can be nothing in your life that's dying. Your marriage cannot die. You got resurrection power at work against death in the marriage. Amen? Your children cannot go nuts. They may have symptoms of it. That's what I say. I call them. <laughs> I call that false symptoms. I used to say that a lot. I don't know why I left saying that. I call them. I used for my days in Georgia. I call those things false symptoms. When Papa, Mama's um, brother was dying in the hospital, the doctor says, uh, "Did you all understand? He's not going to make it to tomorrow." We were looking, Mama, Papa. We were just looking at him. He said, he, because nobody should interfere. And he says, uh, do you all understand what I'm saying? The, the papa said, yes. <laughs> With a real loud voice. And then we got to the parking lot. Well, I told them, uh, that's all false symptoms. How can that happen? The guy was strong yesterday and tomorrow, now he's dying. And we can't see him alive tomorrow. I told them, that's false symptoms. We held our hand. And we rebuked those false symptoms. He lived. Amen? He lived. Let God be true and every man a lie, including your body that's lying to you. <laughs> Amen? Let God be true. So you have resurrection power that's at work. It's never too late. Nothing can be hopeless when you have resurrection power there. He gives life. That's eternal life. Death is swallowed in victory. Amen? That's eternal life as swallowed natural life in victory for the believer. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith, the faith that we believe that the resurrection power, that same power that took Jesus from the grave and is still keeping him alive today, he's at work inside of me. I cannot, no simple disease playing games with me. Amen. I got resurrection power. And, and, and Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says, If the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead is in you, that same spirit is able to keep your body alive. Read it. Romans 8 verse 11. The same spirit, that same spirit inside of us to keep your body alive. The Bible says our youth will be renewed. I don't like the word old. No kidding. <laughs> we want to be young. Angela, be quiet. <laughs> we state the word. Our youth renewed as the eagles. That's what the Bible says. And he tells us, bless the Lord, O my soul, Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Don't forget his benefits. 
One of the benefits is you are used renewed. I like to preach that a lot these days. And you know why. Okay. <laughs> I got to stay young, amen, and active and strong. My children have not given me grandchildren yet, so I can wait. <laughs> so we have resurrection power at work with us. It says in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 19, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us? Towards what? Towards us. Who believe according to the working of his mighty power. So the work that is in us, the power that is in us is the same kind of power that worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Seated him there. That's the power. That's the power that's available to us. And you know somebody in the scripture who was so focused on that power? Paul. Paul was very focused on that power. He wanted to know more and to experience more of this power. It tells us in Philippians 3 verse 10 that I may know him. And what? The power of his resurrection. I just don't want to know him alone. I want to experience knowing means to be intimate. That's by biblical word. When he says no, it's to be intimate. I just, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not just talking about being intimate and knowing Christ. But I want to know and be intimate with the power of that resurrection that's available to us. Now Paul had done incredible things at this time. But still, he says, no, I forget everything behind. I still, there's still something about this resurrection power that I still don't know. I'm familiar with. I want to know what that power is all about. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death. I want to be just like him. I want to experience that thing. Confirmation and the resurrection. To his death and the resurrection. I want to feel that. I want to know it. So that's available to us. That's available to us. God has made it very clear. And then I said the other time, God will do certain things just to help us understand. He'll take care of us. And I said, he sent his disciples out. Luke chapter 9 12 of them. Luke chapter 10, 70 of them. And every time, he just take all, anoint the people, pray for them. Don't take money with you. Don't try to provide for yourself. Just go. But right before Jesus went to the cross, he called them. He said, when I sent you out and I prevented you from taking extra money, did you all lack anything? They said no. Why? He was reminding them, God will take care of you. God will take care of you. That's the thing about it. God will take care of you. If you look to man, man will fail you. They will only be there. Their resources very limited. But God has unlimited resources. And he can take care of his own children. How? We don't know. We just trust him to do it. We trust him to do it. Amen? So we have that resurrection power available to us. The Bible also says that we are seated with him. Because it tells us he raised Jesus from the dead and seated him at his own right hand, far above all principalities and power. Verse 21, Ephesians chapter 1, 21 through 22. Far above all principality and power and might, and dominion, and every name that is named. I always like to put, you know, what we fear, cancer. That's a fearful word for most people. It's cancer, Ooh, cancer, they have cancer. It's strange how we think. We have been programmed by the enemy. You hear the word cancer, guess what you think next? Death. Why? Can Jesus stand in the middle of that <laughs> and change the equation? 
Is anything too hard for the Lord? That's the issue. And even believers, we argue, argue, with, argue with you about this. You know, yeah. And it's because we are looking at what we see with our eyes. And it's so normal for us because that's the way we are. Yes, you and we all are like that. But I have to switch. I have to ask God, please help me. Help me switch the way I'm thinking. So I can think the right way. As the Bible tells us, do not lean on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. My understanding is that's a bad disease. But I'm trusting God. He's bigger. Every name that is named. He has put all things under his feet. And then he gave him to be head over all things to the church. You can't separate a man's head from his body. Well, that's uh, Catalino's head, but I don't know about that body, whether that is really his body or not. That's Catalino, right? The head and his body. Jesus and you were one. That's what Jesus told us. I am the vine, you are the branches. You don't walk up to a vine and say, well, uh, this is the vine and these other ones are the branches. It's just one vine, right? We're one with him. It's hard for us to understand. And I'm still struggling. I need to understand this thing. And accept them. Even when I don't understand it, I want to accept it so that that sap from the vine will flow into my life and I can stay plugged to the vine. That's very important. But notice what it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. It says, He raised us up together with Christ. In the mind of God, we were raised together with Christ. So if Christ experienced resurrection power, in the mind of God, I don't understand it, but this is God speaking, and let God be true, and every man a liar. He says, we were raised in the mind of God together with Christ, and we were made to sit together in heavenly places. In Christ. So, Satan cannot harass you. He's under your feet. You don't have to worry. I mean, sometimes you hear Christians talk. It's like they are more afraid of the devil than they are afraid of God. He's like the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil. And then wondering, do you serve God or the devil? Why do you keep talking about the devil all the time? He's totally powerless. His head has been bruised. He's struggling. He's trying to survive. Why are you worried about him? He's trying just to stay alive. He's been bruised. He got no teeth in his mouth. He can't bite. He roars like a lion. But when you look into the mouth, there's no teeth there. I mean, there's nothing there. So why are you afraid? So he cannot harass us. And look at what the Bible says, verse 7, that in the ages to come, it might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. In other words, this, we're talking about this age that we are living now. God wants to show the riches of his grace in your life. So Satan cannot touch you. That's the thing. He is under our feet. That means when Satan begins to tell you stuff, this is not going to happen and, and, and harass you, you let him know where he belongs, right under your feet. All principalities, all power. And we need to remind him. You know, many times when I suspect things, I don't know, I start saying words like, no weapon formed against me will prosper. And every tongue that rises up against me in judgment, I, I condemn those voices. Because people talk. People have their opinions. You find that in Ezekiel 36, they're saying things. And those words matter. And I'm saying those things matter. 
Why is God saying to condemn the words? Because if you don't condemn the words, the words will have effect on your life. But you've got the authority to say, no, Satan, this is where you belong. You belong right there. God has given us resurrection power and we can stay right above the enemy. This is what God wants for us. The head, what the head has achieved for us, the body must live it out. Jesus has accomplished much for us. And it's our duty to live out what he's accomplished. He's bruised the devil. So we want the manifestation of that in our lives. God wants us to show the world what Jesus has already accomplished for us. That's what this is all about. That's what it tells us. It says, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, For we are, what? His workmanship. So what the head has achieved, the body must work out. These signs follow those who believe, right? They shall cast out devils, they speak with new tongues, they lay hands on the sick, the sick will recover. We live it out. We live it out. I remember some years back, I was in, at home, uh, I believe this was 1988, uh, maybe some of you were not born then, but uh, that was 1988. But I was ready to go to church really early in the morning. And uh, all of a sudden, these two guys were knocking at our door, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. They want to witness to me. And usually, I don't like that, but I try, we, uh, I try not to be rude or just dismiss them. So I, uh, my brother called me and said, hey, uh, they want to talk to you. I said, really? He said, Jehovah's Witnesses. So I said, God, you know, I don't want to be nasty to these people before going to church. That's not good. So give me something to do uh, before uh, to dismiss them without offending them very much. And then I can have my free way to go to church. And so the guys, they come and say, hey, they say, ah, yes, sir, we want to talk to you about Jesus. So I said to them, I don't know where he came from. I said, how can you tell me about God when you are not even a Christian? And they looked at each other. There was a guy... <laughs> His uh, new disciple, they were shocked by that statement. He said, we are not. I said, yeah, you guys are not even Christians, and you want to tell me how to become a Christian? You're not one. The guy looked, they were like, this man, he's lost his mind. So I said, hey, okay, okay. If, uh, if, you are, if you are in doubt, give me your Bible, because I know that part of the uh, Jehovah's Witness Bible they haven't changed that part where I was going. I said, give me your Bible. I'll show you are not Christians. And so I, they were glad. Say, hey, yeah, yeah, it's true. So I turned to Mark chapter 16. These signs shall follow them that believe. So I asked them, is Jesus actually saying, if you are a believer, if you truly believe, these are the signs people will see, uh, see in your life? They agreed with me and said, yes. So I said, which of these signs do you have then? Have you ever cast out a devil? They said, no. I said, didn't I tell you you're not a Christian? <laughs> Ask my brothers. I have been casting out devils in this house. Come out in Jesus' name. They have a nickname. They say, that man is started again. If you go to my village where I grew up in Sapphire, you guys were there with Paul. He said, he started again. Come out in Jesus' name all day long. I said, ask my brothers. I cast out devils. And I said, uh, you speak in tongues? They looked at me. No. I said, well, I told you I'm not a Christian. You want me to speak in tongues for you? <laughs> they were like, so I went all the way down. And the funny thing, the new disciple he was really interested in this. He was really looking at those scriptures. I said, it's there, it's there, it's in your Bible. Look, it's right here. You don't have any. And I finished, I said, young man, you guys are deceived. Find the true God and let him help you. Please, I'm going to my God. You guys can go out. 
I know. I said, you think because you knock on people's door? Ask my brothers. I knock on people's door as well. I do from the, they say, you do? Yeah, I knock on their doors to talk to them about Jesus. That's not why I'm a Christian. When you speak in tongues, I can't. <laughs> but I dismiss them, and I noticed the young disciple, he was shaking his head. I said, the Jehovah's Witnesses have lost one. This guy is not going back there. He's not going back there. Not going back. But what he has accomplished for us, we leave it out. Amen? We leave it out. I don't feel anything. We've been in places with those that went with us in Nigeria. You see all kinds of healings taking place. I don't feel different. All I know is I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. They show respect for you and all of that. And the unbelievers are amazed. But all I am is a believer. What, I'm working out what the master has already accomplished for us. How? Through prayer. Amen? Just through prayer. I'm not different from you. you. We all do this together. We all can do it. Amen? We need to believe what the word says. You can change your world by what you believe and through your prayer and your confession. You can do that. You know what the Bible says? In the church is the fullness of him. The church, the church is the fullness of him that fills all in all. It's very clear that the church is the fullness of him that fills everything. So without, Jesus, without us, he cannot fill everything. Read it. He needs us to feel everything. Which is his body, he says, the fullness of him that fills all in all. He needs us and we need him desperately. But we need to take our place in him and refuse to be afraid. God said to Joshua, I commanded you, be of good courage. Don't be afraid. I will be with you. Just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. It looked like a joke. But as soon as Moses was gone, a new leader came on. And he was doing exactly the same thing that Moses did. Jesus left and his disciples took over. You couldn't tell the difference. The leaders were saying, hmm, we know that guy. He used to be with Jesus. No wonder. I want the same of us at the Ark Fellowship. Can I hear an Amen. I want the same. God can do that. So no matter what you're facing tonight, even if it's an impossible situation, no matter how long it's been, God can change it. You don't need to toil in your head about it. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Cast your cares upon me. He's not just telling us just to feel good about what he's saying. No, this is what God is willing to do for you, for his glory. Stand up with me tonight. The fullness of him, verse 23, uh, Ephesians chapter 1. We are his fullness. He is the vine, we are the branches. The vine itself cannot bear fruit without the branches. Notice? That's the truth. We go and we bear fruit. Let's lift our hands up to the Lord tonight and begin to confess who we are in Him. We are one and the same. John 14, 20. In that, at that day you will know that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, and I in you, and you in him. You are in Jesus tonight. When they see you, when the enemy sees you, he sees the one who is seated at the Father's right hand. Because that's where you're seated. That's where you're seated. Every time the devil sees you, he sees the one. Because you are seated in Christ, in heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers. That means all the troubles of this world, they are below you. They are below you. 
Let God be true and every man a liar. Father, we thank you. Lord, I pray that the wisdom of your word will go sink deep into our spirit, into our inner man. In the name of Jesus, help us to fully grasp what you have achieved for us, what you have accomplished for us, so that we'll never hang our heads down regardless of what's happening in our lives. You said, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Lord, your might is available to us right now and we are declaring that we are strong in the power of your might tonight against the enemy. Against the enemy. Against the enemy in the name of Jesus. In whatever form, in whatever shape, in whatever way is coming against our lives, we are strong against him. Greater is he that is in us than he who is in the world. You have overcome them, little children. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. The world is trying to, form, to shape your life to follow his mold. But no way. The one who is in us is greater. Jesus is in us. That's not a lie. That's the truth. Jesus is in every one of you today. Jesus is in you and you are in Jesus and you have overcome the world. You are more than a conqueror in Christ. You have. We are more than conquerors. Who shall separate us from the love of the Lord God? There is nothing, not even death can separate us. We are in Him. Nothing can separate us. Even when we make mistakes and we fall, God says, I will lift them up. They fall seven times, I still lift them up. And I'll make them stand. He's taking care of us tonight. We have nothing to fear. We have nothing to fear. We have nothing to fear. God is with us. God is for us. God said, I am for you. Don't be afraid, he says. Isaiah 41 verse 10. Don't fear. Don't fear. Because I'm with you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. There is no need to fear. I will, meaning God's going to do it. Amen? Father, we thank you. We love you. Thank you for the presence of Jesus in our lives. He's changed everything. He has changed everything. All our fears are gone. All our concerns are gone. All our worries are gone. We declare that tonight in the name of Jesus. We are blessed. We are truly blessed. Thank you, Father. We give you praise tonight. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Turn around.